guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. I'm kind of going to double up on the intros here, but I realized that I may have not introduced my guests very well, so that's what I'm doing. First, I have no problem double shouting out our new Patreon, uh, Alicia Sell. Thank you so much for joining. Enjoy the bonus episodes, the Raccoon Crew with Tyler Heath, Kinsey, and sometimes a bunch of other random people. Um... I want to also point out uh, our store frontier. We got a bunch of a ton of new T-shirt designs, including an awesome Nephilim Company design by Sarah Stewart. Uh, you can grab those at storefrontier.com backslash church and other drugs. Um, I try to make them as cheap as possible. Uh, I don't really get much from them at all, but I really just want people to wear them and enjoy them. So if anybody else has any designs they want to see made a t-shirt, the the running deal so far is you make me a design, you'll get a free t-shirt, man. Uh, send them my way. Um, I think you get a good feeling of what kind of stuff I like. Uh, anything Keanu Reeves and anything drug related, I am all about um, but today, so I got Brandon and Marissa Autry, Maris, oh my god, I'm sorry Maris, it's <laughs> Paris with an M, Brandon and Maris Autry, I just talked to them for an hour and I'm already messing up the name, um, so Brandon was on the show, I guess it was about a year ago, he told his story, uh, if you want to go back and listen to that episode first, um, and when we last, so he, he's an addict or was an addict, however you want to say it, addict in recovery, and when we last left him, he had just moved to Denver and started smoking weed. And so after the Christian Cannabis episode with Craig, um, I kind of wanted to have him back on. I've been talking to him uh, over the past year, and but I wanted him to come back on and kind of give an update of how that's been going for him and what what his experience as a you know former heroin addict is uh smoking marijuana and how that's been working to help his recovery um and then maris kind of gives her perspective um from being his wife and kind of what that's been like and how she deals with it and kind of what red flags she looks out for to see if anything's going wrong um I really love these guys. Um, they've become really good friends, and I hope you enjoy uh, listening. If you have any comments on the show, send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. Um, find us on Facebook, and y'all have fun. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name's Jed, and with me are Brandon <laughs> and Maris. Yeah, I thought it's, she was going to go first. It's my bad. Sorry. It's the Autries. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, sir. Sweet. Yeah, first try. It's them Autries. Um, so once again, like it has been usually, the episode is late. So I'm going to take care of some intro stuff. We got a new patron. Alicia Sell, thank you very much. Brandon is best friends with Alicia, so is Maris. Maybe I don't know. They are now. <laughs> They're good old we buddies. Are. So, have you? So you did meth, right? We're just gonna dive in, Brandon. <laughs> We're gonna dive. In. Okay, you're done with your housekeeping. No, okay, no, this cool. is still. Well, this is just something I wanted to talk about. This off oh. subject. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I've done. Yeah, I've okay. done meth. Have you ever heard yeah. of Morgellons disease? No. Okay. I don't think so. It's that it's where people think that they have like fibers growing out of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like it's yes. like skin picking and all that. Mm-hmm. So did you ever like were you a picker? 
Not really, no. I was more of a jerker, if you know what I mean. You're uh, twitchy? Not... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yeah. do know what you mean. Yes, yeah. correct. It uh, means you were you were mean to people, right? You were... Yeah, I was really rude. <laughs> I was a total <laughs> jerk, dude. But, uh, yeah, no, I didn't pick – I don't think I picked that much. I don't think so. So I went through – my worst psychosis, and this it was before I heard about this, so you know oftentimes like you'll get like medical student syndrome, and if you read about anything, then you have it right, but this was before that I got just the worst so at first i I thought I had scabies, and it was nothing, of course, like it was just <laughs> you know like my skin, but I would take these blown up pictures and I sent them to my friends, I'm like, I think I found one, like I need you to come look at this uh and then. I lived in a house that had tons of dust and lint. And so here's what I think happened. Bear with me. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I think happened. So do y'all have – well, you're from the south. You, you know stinging caterpillars, right? You, uh, yeah, sure. You ever been sure. stung by a caterpillar? No? Is that not I, a thing? No. I've never <laughs> been stung by one, but I feel like I've heard people say that uh, some of them sting. They do. Some of them, some of them pointy boys are, are real painful, right? The pointy so, boys. The pointy, pointy, <laughs> crawly boys. So what I think happened was I must have stepped on one and it actually hurt me at one time. But from, right, well, it says it's, this is why I'm telling you that. So from then, my psychosis turned into I was seeing these caterpillars, which I'm pretty sure was just dust lint. But they were, like, aggressive and predatory. <laughs> and so, like, I literally was being attacked by these dust caterpillars in my house, which I was alone at, right? It was awful, okay? That's, it was, it that was sounds so, terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And Did you, <laughs> like, were you, like, hallucinating them full, moving yeah, or just, like, totally. feeling them? Well, no, so oh, that's okay. why I, I feel like I must have at one point actually gotten stung by one because I was – it was, like, a tactile hallucination. Like, I was feeling pain. Like, they were actually stinging me. But I know, wow. like, looking back, like, there's no – you know, limb can't hurt you. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have had a bunch of stinging caterpillars in your house. You that's know? true. Hey. Don't feed into my hysteria. <laughs> No, it was psychosis for sure. Yeah, that shit is so crazy. But so I was listening to the reason it got re brought up today um, was because Joe Rogan was talking about it. They were asking him like, "What, uh, what conspiracies did you think you did you used to think was bullshit, and now you believe in?" And he said Morgellons was one of them because he talked to a doctor who had it, and he also had Lyme disease, and. There's a correlation apparently between Lyme disease and Morgellons and a whole bunch of other stuff where basically like you're so sick that you hallucinate these things or whatever. And so, that's of course, wild. now I think I have Lyme disease. That's the end of the story. <laughs> I think but that's said, why I'm crazy. But he said that all people with Lyme disease have Morgellons, right? But not everyone with Morgellons has Lyme. Right? I don't remember if it was which way it was. I, I think... Yeah, that probably is a huge distinction, but I can't remember which one it was. I, I, I'm just going to go with that so I can make you feel better. There I we think go. That Come on, probably, bring it on. That's probably the way it went, because that was the Eddie Bravo one. I listened to that today, right? That was Eddie Bravo, right? No, it was the Sober October. Um, oh. The, oh, yeah. When they were deciding what to do for Sober October. Yeah, on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bert right. was not giving up the hip-hop dance. Dude, I think that would have he been a great. So, hard. so I haven't finished it yet. What did they? What did they decide on? They basically they just like hushed him. They just like pacified him to a, they... to a later date. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. They they ended up like not even coming up with anything. They were just like, uh, uh, maybe running, maybe uh, the dance thing or whatever. Okay, bye. We have to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, it was super weird. Do you What's think up? that the majority of them are just functional? Like, do you think Joe Rogan is a drug addict? Or an uh, addict? Uh, do you want to answer this, babe? Or you you can go ahead. You go first. I think he probably is addicted to, like, adrenaline or, like, the hormone release from working out. He doesn't seem like someone that would have, like, 
a drug problem just because he takes such good care of his body. But like Bert, probably Tom, definitely alcoholics. For sure. <laughs> definitely. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'd say Joe, like, that's probably, that's a good answer. He's definitely probably addicted to, like, working out and adrenaline and stuff like that uh, since he does, like, UFC or whatever. He has an addict personality for sure, but it doesn't sound like he, like, he always says, swears he's never, like, done anything other than, like, weed and hallucinogens. And I don't know, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would just do some stupid shit like us. <laughs> right. Well, he's, 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 like, my least favorite friends that i used to have where they would like get super trash like they would keep up with me on the weekends and then they're just going to work monday and then looking at yeah. me like what's wrong with you dude why can't you just quit i'm like what what why like, how can you just quit i hate you yeah yeah people you sober people you non-junkie people <laughs> you make me sick you make me <laughs> which brings us to the topic of of the hour Hopheads, those dirty, dirty stoners. Oh, hophead! I thought I that's was, the was that's to... that's my favorite term for stoner. It's super old, but hopheads. I've never heard that. I thought you were talking about beer or something like that. No, you they know, them they're, hops. they're up on my list of of hated drug subcultures as well. But uh, <laughs> cra- craft beer enthusiasts. <laughs> oh, ooh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. They're like annoying coffee people. It's true. I guess which any... I love. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you. I was. I was just gonna say I love coffee as much as the next person, but you know, you don't. I don't know. Some people get a little crazy about it. They do. I guess that's you know. Which I do have that mindset where if I get into something, I'm gonna get super into it. But there's a level of into it you can get into things where you realize that the coolest people that are into something don't talk about it all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like upper, which God makes me sound like the most pretentious dude in the world. But I think it's true. <laughs> hey, there's three pretentious people right here on this call right now. So that's what I'm talking about. Welcome to the pretentious podcast with hello Brandon, yes. Maris, and Jed. Jed oh. is. It, Jed, is your name Jedediah? I wish. No, I it's, wish. so it's just Jed. No, it's. Um, Are you, is it a secret? I don't know. Do I want to give my government name on the air? Maybe not. I'll let you know afterwards. We'll, we'll no, still, you're good. We'll we'll uh, we'll leave it a secret. But no, it's it's much deeper than that. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> spicy. But the, the kids, the kids at work always try to find figure out my real name, and so the rest of the counselors have just made it a game to tell them the most ridiculous shit, and then they'll come up to me like, "Is your name Jedekiah?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure, it sure is. You go with that, buddy. Google me, you'll find it." Craig a Jed, <laughs> Matthew Jed. So. You, we talked a little bit after the uh, Christian cannabis episode. You had some, uh, you had some thoughts on that idea as a whole, and you, uh, you were actually the person I was thinking of and talking about when I was talking to Craig about it, um, about knowing some people that are in recovery that have learned or, or whatever they, you know, they use cannabis as medicine or whatever you even want to classify it is, but. Um, yeah, I wanted to check back in with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, my, my dogs are freaking out. Oh, you're good. Uh, are they yeah, two stones? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, hold on one second, I'm sorry, my phone is dying, and, sorry, I have it plugged in. Okay, my bad. Oh, you're good. I can't. This is so messed up. Sorry, you're going to have to cut. Typical stoner, man. Can't get in. I made made a typical stoner joke. I don't know if you heard it. And then the whole thing just crashed. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) No, yeah, after my dogs freaked out. Sorry, I'm sure you have to cut this out or something. I don't. uh, I just paused it. If you haven't noticed, I don't edit much. Listen. No, I, I have. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure my phone's plugged in. There, it's plugged in. Good. We're good. Good to go. 
So tell me Sorry. about how your life is super manageable and your electronic devices are fully charged <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Well, I tried to charge my phone beforehand, uh, but it just didn't work out. So I was too high. I forgot. Yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, where were we? Did we? So you stopped it, right? Yeah. No, I mean, or, we're, we're, we're rolling um, again. Oh, we're rolling again. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're just jumping right. right back into it. <laughs> Yes. So I have been <laughs> smoking marijuana. Yes. So yeah. how long has it been now? Um, uh, since August, so almost a year, I guess. Yeah. I've been. Totally. So I've been I've been sober off of heroin since April thirtieth of two thousand fifteen. Um, and then when I was in rehab, like when we were talking and stuff, uh, yeah. Maris and I, uh, I was drinking a lot and uh also smoking weed there and so i wasn't completely sober but it was just smoking weed and drinking uh so anyways uh yeah after i i did was it two or two and a half years of drug court um because i got a little bapped up and uh <laughs> after drug court and I, I then had the ability to branch out and try weed and uh after moving here and like going to dispensaries and everything um it's just it's like a whole nother world out here it's it's like it really is insane because there's like not a stigma and like everyone smokes weed out here and so it's like not even something that people even like talk about really because it's it just everyone smokes weed pretty much is the i've heard the only like um and tell me if this is false like firsthand information but um I've heard like, oh, but the homeless population is out of control there. Da 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 da. Is it any like what's the and you're in Denver, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I live in South we live in South Denver. So what's uh, the what's kind of the the temperature of the city like as far as like crime? Any 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 more, any less? Uh as far as I know, um, well, so, well, first off, the homeless population, yeah, there's a ton of homeless people out here. Um, but I am from Atlanta, and so there were plenty of homeless people, but I think that the urban camping laws are different there. So people couldn't just be posted up out in the middle of the, like, city park or something. But here, they're able to just, like, post up a tent wherever and, uh, you know, fly their cardboard or whatever, uh, and no one really messes with them. And so I think that's just the way that the laws are here. And now you can actually defecate in public. Uh, out here. Legally? Legally. Much Boy, like... That's uh, living. Yeah, you can now uh, eat shrooms and shit uh, on the sidewalk. So it, is it... Didn't um, personal use possession of Schedule 1 also get decriminalized? I saw that on the internet, but I guess you would know. What what do you? I'm sorry. I had read, and I, I should look up where it came from, but either it's on the ballot or it did pass that personal use of Schedule One and Two narcotics is not a crime possession. In any wow. one or two, any one or really? two, really? Yeah. No, I, I have not heard anything about that, but that is insane. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about the decriminalization personally. I don't think everything should be legal, but yeah. I definitely. Uh, am about the decriminalization uh, side of things, at least right now. Yeah, I agree. I but, agree. Yeah, so I remember when we were, when you were, I think the last time we checked in with that, you were like, yeah, I think I'm about to do this, or either that or you had just started, and you were like, I'm kind of going to see how it goes. Um, yeah, at that time, uh, I had smoked some uh, and several times, like, or a few times, I guess, because uh, when we talked, that was like not even a month after we had moved here. Mm -hmm. So I'd kind of like I went to a dispensary first thing, like, you know, saw what was going on or whatever. And, uh, you know, we smoked a little bit over the weeks, but then I really just like we started smoking daily and I just. I guess made the decision with myself that it was okay for me to do that. Um, just because the pros were outweighing the cons, I guess, uh, with, uh, when we moved here, it was super stressful, uh, cause it's really expensive to live out here. Um, 
And so, you know, anxiety and all that and being in a new place and I didn't know anybody out here and uh, all the typical stuff. Her family is out here, but, oh, okay. you know, other than that, we didn't really know uh, very many people out here. And so just a lot of stress and anxiety. And we worked at a call center for Home Advisor. And so, oh, that <laughs> like, must have been. you still work there? No. Oh, thank no. God. E- even with depression or without depression, uh, that would give you depression. I don't. I don't oh, dude, I mean, absolutely. Um, and at the time when we first moved here, I wasn't driving. And so Brandon was picking up a lot of the slack. Like he took me, I got in a really bad car accident in July and we moved in August. And so Brandon was driving me everywhere. Wow. And I, so he like, he was basically my babysitter. <laughs> So he had that pressure as well as like caring for me emotionally in like a bad like headspace. Yeah. So it was a lot going on when we got here. <laughs> so and and let me kick it to you. So how much of uh, how much of his history did you know like in depth when y'all got together? Not very much. I knew he was using. I knew he had used um, but the way he talked about it and in my own naivety, I guess, I thought most of it was behind him um, because he wasn't using heroin and he wasn't using meth. And so I thought that, like, the worst was over. I knew, like, my head knew that this was always going to be with us, but I didn't really understand what that meant. So I knew what he had done. Um, I didn't know when we first got together that, like he was drinking like he was. Um, and I, when we got together, I stopped smoking weed and I was living in Colorado. So I stopped smoking weed. Um, and I stopped drinking for him. kind of just, he didn't ask me to, and I didn't feel like I had to, but I wanted to be supportive and I didn't want to be doing some, like when we would Skype a lot. And so I didn't want to be on Skype and him wondering if I'm high Mm. and that like kind of planting a seed or like causing him to stumble. So, He's a way, be- a way better person than me. <laughs> I, see, I see that, dude. <laughs> Not true. So, so I knew, I knew his history, and I knew, like, he lived in a car, and he like went to jail, and you know all these things, and I was okay with that. What? But so, I didn't really know what I was signing up for because you can't. Like, there's no way to know. <laughs> right. It's yeah. You gotta. Well, that's that's the beauty of drug addicts. Like our sober personality. I mean, we're really awesome people. So we'll. You know, there's a lot to love, and then then we got you, and then it's too late. You know. <laughs> then either uh, I'm already in love. I'm moving across the country. <laughs> right. So was there? So how did the conversation go? That he was like babe, I'm going to start smoking weed. Or was that a conversation or did it happen organically? But don't, we, we planned to move to Colorado the entire two and a half years we were in Georgia. Um, and we kind of threw out his like phasing and drug court, like you go to different phases. So as that was happening, we kind of, as he learned how to be a sober person and I learned how to be a partner that wasn't enabling him. Um, we just kind of discussed it as those phases happened because there was a time when it was like, okay, we're never going to be able to smoke weed. We're never going to be able to have alcohol in the house. And then it slowly evolved of like, okay, what do you feel comfortable with? What do those safeguards look like? Like, what does this look like for us? So it's kind of been an evolving thing that we decided together. I'm on board with whatever he needs for his sobriety. So if that means me not smoking weed, then I'm not going to smoke. And if that, you know, I'm not going to push it on him either. How did, when you say you learned how to not enable, did you do like Al-Anon or how did you, did you just kind of wing it? I was winging it. Nice. (laughs) I was winging it. Nice. I had the count, like his parents, I was talking a lot to his parents in the beginning, um, talking to my parents, my, who I call my dad, is like 30 years sober off of heroin um so he had some background and knowledge and of course everyone was like this is a terrible idea my mom wasn't (laughs) but a lot of people just it was a big red flag um so y'all were open about it though oh yeah 
Oh yeah, for sure. About uh, uh, smoking weed or being together. Oh, oh this wait, was. Like him... oh, okay, they were like, it's a terrible idea to get together with him. Uh yeah, some yeah. of them. My brother was like, I'll never, <laughs> I'll stand up and object at your wedding. <laughs> he was uh, there and he didn't. But now we watch awesome. his kid all the time. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> no, I I totally get that though, and it, yeah, I, that's that's tough. That is really tough. But so, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I've, as we kind of started, I guess, smoking more regularly, and I guess just deciding that that's what we were going to do. Uh, at least for me, it was. Like, like, kind of like I, I said when we were talking, like, I guess I kind of feel ashamed because I'm a drug addict and I smoke weed. So, like, am I, st- you know, is my sober date still my sober date or whatever? And, uh, but I guess as the months have gone on, I don't know if it's because I've been smoking the weeds or <laughs> just because it's been working. Um, then it's just... I guess I've accepted it at this point. It's become more of a thing because I don't really want to do medication. I've tried that route and I don't really want to do that route. And I know that uh, you and I are kind of on the same page here, at least as of late. How, uh, how have you been doing by the way? Yeah. If you, and I don't know how I'm doing, but this is on this. Will, this will be like the second or third podcast I've done off of it. And I just feel awkward and, I had um, the past two nights. I don't know. I've been taking melatonin. It's a uh, actually um, uh, Zquil makes it. It's melatonin and ashwagandha gummies for sleep. Yeah, and it uh, had been working, but the last two nights I got. I've never had panic attacks like these. I don't know. Like I felt like my skin was crawling. Like my heart yeah. was beating in a weird pace. Um, and it was only at night when I laid down to go to bed. So I don't know what that's about. I'm going to try tonight to not take the melatonin and just process of elimination and see if that's it. Um, I'm like 15 or so days off of it now. I think, um, I'm over most of the hump. Mainly this time it's just been, my temper has been super short, just irritable. Um, but it's like the weird things that come back, like, when I'm on medication, my mind's, this sounds so strange, I don't know if you can relate, but like my mind's eye doesn't really work. Like I'm not able to picture things in my mind, like daydream. Yeah. Um, and when I get off, I can again. It's weird. And kind of the whole reason I was getting off was because I was feeling just like castrated in my relationship with God. Like my prayer life was just like talking to a wall. I just didn't really feel much at all. And it was really... It's like maybe I would rather feel close to God in suffering and desperation than distant in some kind of weird numbness, you know? So I think I'm coming out of it, and you know, so far so good. I'm doing, you know, like fish oil, um, stuff like that, vitamin D, all that, the usual stuff to try to build it back. How much? What is the time frame? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead, babe. You're good. What is the time frame um, for coming off medication like that? Like to start to level out? It's usually so. In my experience, it's like one day I'm just gonna wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm better. But it's 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 very slow. So like three or four weeks. Oh. Till yeah, And, and it's a very just like. It's basically it parallels getting on them. It's like it, you'll slowly over time start to feel better, and then one day you kind of realize that it's working. So when you come off slowly over time, it's building back, and then you okay. kind of feel normal again. So usually, usually I feel you know like eighty percent around two or three weeks is what I'm hoping. So you're almost there. Hopefully, yeah. But it yeah. seems like every you know I really probably you know my my good buddy. Just tell me, he's like, really, dude, you just need to, like, pick something and stick with it. Because I know, you know, for all of, all of my knowledge, I know that, you know, going off and on, off and on and switching meds is just, like, it's no bueno. Um, yeah. So I'm at least going to try to give this a, an honest shot for a good couple months. 
And, and you know, I even, dude, I was like, I asked my psychiatrist because he was, I was telling him, I was like, it's kind of working. It's kind of not. I was like, dude, what about like ketamine therapy? And he was just like, yeah, with your history, I, I'm thinking no. And I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, dude. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I was looking into microdosing and stuff, but it's like, I can't, I don't think that's for me. And I've, you know. For stuff like that, I mainly comb, you know, there's all, of course, there's all those studies like, oh, it erases depression and all that. And then I'll, you know, go on Reddit and find people that have actually done it. And the consensus seems to be like, I mean, it like worked until I stopped doing it. And then I was depressed again. And so I was like, well, you know, there you go. Yeah. And so you're talking ketamine theory or ketamine therapy. Is that like microdosing ketamine? That's what you're talking about? No. No, so they they have clinics popping. Well, they're all over the country. Um, you go. Um, Neil Brennan did it actually, the Chappelle Show writer. Yeah. Um, so you go to the clinic and it's a infusion. It's an IV. You do. Uh, it's like once a week for three weeks, and then you should be good for six to eight weeks, and then you go in for boosters, I think. And it's just like you sit there, um, on like a drip for. I don't know, four or five hours, something like that. Wow. Like a chemo for yeah, your basically. mental yeah. state? That's yeah. wild, dude. I know. It is wild. I mean, the, and now they have the uh, FDA-approved um, S-ketamine, I think it's called, and it's a nasal spray. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, shit's getting wild. They're making wild. it so easy, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. But then again, uh, it's like, you know, well, fuck, I, I did ketamine and I'm still depressed. So it's like, I think I'm probably, I mean, I'm always looking for some sort of quick answer. You know, I do have this, I you know, just from the decades of drug use I did, I know like I've done, I've done stuff to my brain and it's, I just struggle with whether or not. I can manage it with just like counseling, exercise, prayer, all that stuff. Or if I really do need some kind of medical solution, but like you, I'm losing more and more faith in like the SSRI thing as a cure. Cause it's like, they don't even know what it does or like, it's just, you know, and after my doctor, he's literally just like, try this or this or this or this. And I'm like, I fucking don't want to do that. Like I really don't. The side effects aren't worth it. And eventually I'm going to have to come off of it. And that's going to suck. When you, um, like in the past when you've made the decision to go back on medication, is it normally like a specific event or like this isn't working type thing? That's actually, part of my reasoning of why I got back off because I was like, well, why did I even get back on in the first place? And what was going on, if I can remember correctly, and I could probably just go back and listen to the episodes around when I decided. Um, But I get, I'm like a suicidal person by nature, and that might just be my nature. But it was just, um, it was just a pretty standard depression state for me you know it just might have been lasting a little longer than I would have liked and um I read a book and I was like well maybe God's telling me to (laughs) to go back on medicine I don't know it was like you know wanting to change the way I feel pretty much um and it's like it's you get so much conflicting advice from people on this subject and so it's really you know it's it's one of those things i wish god would give me a straight up direct slap in the face answer one way or the other you know what i mean yeah um so and that's yeah and even this time it's like i can't even remember what motivated me to get off i think it was just I was still getting depressed, but at this point I was no longer able to go above a six or seven, at least like when I'm off medicine, I can hit a negative 10, but I can hit a positive 10. So it's kind of like a trade and I can cry and I can listen to music and it affects me and I can watch, I can be emotional. And I guess that's more important to me than just being blank, you know, that was what was aggravating me. It was not being able to cry and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah. uh, you were saying like your mind's eye and like imagining things. Mm-hmm. Since you are able to do that now, do you find yourself like daydreaming a lot more and like being more creative in that way? Slight, like at at first, no, because it's my I, my brain just feels like soup, and I feel super dumb because I'm just coming off of it. But this past week, I would say yes. Like I, um, that's the other hard thing too, is because like I'm an I'm an artist, and so that's always been my thing with you know where does that art come from and I'm am I you know they're like I was on Wellbutrin and stuff and so it was giving me some energy and motivation to get up and do things that was part of my thing too was I just had like no motivation and drive to do much and so like that helped with that and then I was like well if I get off is it going to change that and so far no I guess I, I have been getting my creativity back and I've had you know, the random sparks of inspiration and stuff like that. So, so far it looks like it's, it's looks like it's on the upswing. That's awesome. Good. Yeah. yeah. Keep us updated. I will. I will. It's an, it's an interesting some, case study. This to honestly some... to me from the outside is so interesting. Like even like observing or like hearing about people like coming off of like, like recreational drugs or like other drugs, not like, mind drugs if that makes sense it's very interesting to me of like and like what a shitty option like you can be numb or you can feel really great and really really terrible and all these other like that's such a terrible choice to have to make it is it is so how has it been working for you yeah, I was Me? just about to say you should smoke some weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. It, no, I don't tell anyone that they should smoke weed if they're a drug addict. But uh, it works for me. And uh, I know Maris also has uh, issues with anxiety and stuff like that. And so I guess you could speak to that, babe. But at least for me as a drug addict uh, who also suffers from mental issues it's uh it's just been really helpful to concentrate at work and um just mellow out kind of you know just not be so anxious and worried about stuff all the time and um as an addict i still get like those urges to like i like fuck it i just want to go and use you Mm -hmm. know and i really really want to go fucking get fucked up but um thankfully being here normally what i do is i'll you know eat a couple edibles and that is different the way that that works and i just forget that i wanted to get high and it it might be pacifying it i guess Uh, you could look at it that way but at least for for me it it works out uh to just kind of get my mind off of it. And then, you know, cause that, it, that doesn't come around as often anymore now that it's been, you know, four or five years or however long it's been. I, I yeah, four years. Uh, sorry. I forgot for a second, but, uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Typical. Do, do you, um, have, did you ever go to meetings out there? How is weed viewed in the sober community? So I actually, like tisk tisk on me. I've been saying I need to go to a meeting for like months now. Like I'm going to go to a meeting. I just haven't gone to one yet. Um, because when I, and here's my excuse. Yeah. Here come the excuses. Yeah. It's all it is. But when I was in drug court, it, they, the first 90 days you had to do 90 and 90. Uh, and then I got caught drinking and, uh, I had to do my 90 and 90 again. Uh, yeah, and and throughout the whole process, even when I'm not on 90 and 90, I have to go, ooh, them ferrets are fighting. They are, dude. They're <laughs> rough. Through like, uh, um, I just forgot what I was talking about. Uh, 90 My and bad. 90, you had to do that. Yeah, again. 90 and 90. Sorry, throughout I had to go through like, uh, like three to five meetings a week, depending on like what phase it was. And so I just like kind of burnt out on it. But like I, but how long keep, ago was that? That was last year. That was a oh, year okay. ago. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so that excuse is still valid. I, but not really. I I've been saying I need to go to a meeting because at this point, like I'm over that. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I don't have to go anymore, which is nice. And so, um, I do plan on finding, I mean, there are, there's obviously meetings out of here. There's meetings everywhere. There's, uh, some that aren't too far from me. So I definitely need to go and plan on going. I just, I just haven't yet. Could could you go into there and say, I smoke weed and they still consider you sober? I don't know. That's a good question. That's, that's part that's of why I'm curious. talking to you. You Is should, that... <laughs> I, I mean, cause there has to be, it's in fucking Denver. There has to be a community you know what I mean? I, I would think. I, surely there is, but what my thinking is it's probably they don't talk about it in meetings. Sure. You know, sure. it's not it's probably not something that's like maybe their buddy their friends know that might excuse me, also be in the meetings, but I'm sure it's not like they probably don't like talk about how they smoke weed or, or something like that. I would I would ex I wouldn't expect, but I don't know. I don't know. I could probably go in there and find plenty of people that smoked weed, but I don't know if they would talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So what is your, have you noticed, um, what are kind of your red flags? Have there been ha, like, do you try to monitor how much you use? Have you noticed a desire to use more as time goes on? Is there like certain events or things that you cut yourself off of? Uh, so as far as like smoking, we, we smoke, uh, concentrates pretty much only, uh, we don't smoke a lot of flour. Uh, and so the, I mean, it, it gets me plenty high. (laughs) So I'm normally fine with that. Uh, but sometimes I waste money on edibles and like edibles, your tolerance, like it, it goes like through the roof immediately. So it's like, drop an acid and then you try and drop another hit of acid mm-hmm. the next day. It just doesn't, you gotta, you know, you gotta do twice as much or whatever. So I try and limit my edibles and don't really get those very often. Uh, but I like to get them for like, uh, events and st- like Emory, you know, going to shows and stuff like that or whatever. Um, but other than that, not really. I mean, I don't really limit how much I smoke or, or anything like that. Are you, uh, are you going to get the Emory guys stoned? I hope so, man. I really, I, I hope so, dude. I asked them if they like gummies or chocolate, and Reva said, "Why do I have to answer that right now?" So I don't know. We'll see. One day. That's that's. I figure to... if I make something homemade, they can't say no. Yeah, right. Like if I make it myself, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Maris, what are do you have any internal red flags for Brandon that in your head you're like, if I see this start to happen then I need to say something? Yeah, um, I'm a patterns person, Mm -hmm. and I think it's been to my benefit to just kind of notice patterns. So if he's, like, like wants to, like, buy a pack of edibles on a Friday and then the next day, and then eat them all in one night, and then the next day is, like, or, like, sometimes we buy, like, a couple packs is cheaper or whatever, um just kind of noticing like the frequency, like, okay. Cause there was a while when we first started eating edibles, I think that he was kind of like, just really enjoying it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of going a little bit, not crazy with it, but like it was a little excessive. Yeah. And beyond, also beyond my, medicinal, you could say. Yeah. And, and from my, like I eat 10 milligrams and I'm good. He can eat 120. Well, good so, grief, Brandon. Calm down, sir. <laughs> So it's hard. Like in the beginning, he was eating them a lot. Um, But I think like if I see it multiple days in a row or that it's becoming a habit or maybe it's like an impulse thing, then I try to mention it. It's hard to not to like bring it up and not be like feel like a mother. Um, Mm -hmm. It's and that's just something over time that I've learned to like just pick my timing better and how I bring it up because it is his decision. If he wants to eat edibles, if he wants to well, do that stuff, he can. How do you respond, Brandon? I mean, are you uh, a dick about it? Are you like, get off my nuts, man? <laughs> Shit, I'm a human. It's uh, America, honest, isn't it? I am kind of a dick sometimes, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like to be, I don't think to you be, are. I, I, I let let him make amends. This is good. <laughs> I I mean, I try not to be, but it is. I mean, I mean, no one likes to be told like, hey, you know. I, you're you're fucking up so stop you know stop doing that stupid shit and so you know my first reaction normally is to just kind of uh, not you know 
not be too happy about it. But I, I hope anyways, that I kind of come back around shortly after just because I, I I know that what she's saying is right. And she's Mm -hmm. just trying to keep me from going out and doing something that I'm going to regret. And, you know, and she is the reason that I'm still sober, like the, the top, top tier, number one reason that I'm still sober. And, she's my first roadblock before I like try and go use or anything like that. And so, um, has there been any close calls in Denver? Have you been offered anything or been walking not, down the street and smell that burnt rubber delicious, <laughs> uh, not necessarily. I, I, like I'll get kind of, like I said earlier, the urges, sorry if that noise is loud urges or whatever, but, um, really what gets me is some I've seen a couple times I've seen like needles on the mm. ground and mm. that that's really what get that. And then like, if my veins start popping, sometimes I get kind of weird, you know, yeah. but like, yeah, I'll see a needle and then I like, I'll obsess over it for a while sometimes, yeah. but no, no one's ever offered me anything. Uh, well, the dentist. Ooh. Oh what yeah. I remember this. I think when you, you went like, for your follow up and I wasn't there. Oh, yeah. So I went to the dentist and got teeth pulled and decided to uh, go ahead and take the hydrocodone that they gave me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Maris made sure that it was on time and it was, you know, I wasn't taking too much or whatever. And so we both felt comfortable with doing that. And uh, I after I ran out, I went back in for like a follow up. I got a a dry socket and they told mm. me i'd get a dry socket but i swore i wouldn't and i had no idea how bad they hurt dude there in case anybody out there did you, gets keep, their teeth. Did you smoke in that time immediately yeah that's yeah. why the you do- got a dry socket you big yeah. dummy well the dentist told me he was like he was like do you smoke and i was like yeah like a you know a pack a day and he was like hmm he's like you're gonna get dry socket so just come yeah. back in here when that happens oh my god and i was like <laughs> I was like, nah, man, I, I won't draw hard, you know, whatever, I'll be fine. Don't matter. And I didn't really care, because I didn't know what a dry socket was. I just thought that <sighs> it would, like, start bleeding in my mouth, and I'd have to, like, get a plug. That, no big deal. It was absolutely the worst fucking pain. It was worse than before I got the teeth pulled. Anyways, I got, uh, you know, I ran out of my medicine or whatever, went into the doctor, and I was by myself, and they offered me some hydrocodone, like a refill. They asked if I ran out, if I needed any more, and uh, I told them no. I said no, no, sirree, Bob. Wow. And I guess that's I guess how, that's what she's talking about. But. How did um? So I've heard some people, and even and it's a cool thing I've noticed. Like this time in sobriety, even when I got because I have a severe dental phobia, and so I have to get gassed if there's any kind of like procedure beyond a cleaning. And even then I noticed, I was like, I don't really like this anymore. Like, it doesn't feel good. I don't know. And I've heard some people that have taken hydrocodone after a good minute. It's like, it's, it's not what they thought it was going to be. And it wasn't as enjoyable. Was that kind of the case? Or was it like, hell yeah, I love this shit. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, like as soon as it fucking hit me, I was like, God damn. And I was worried don't even want to mess with it i don't want that irritation of like yeah it fucking it it got up in my spine it was like you know let's go so that was it was rough but thankfully you know maris was making sure i wasn't taking too much and then as far as like going and getting anything thankfully at this point i don't know anyone so i'd have to go cold cop and I can't go cold cop when my wife has GPS on me all the time. And good job. <laughs> and that also, sounds very. It's not like that. No, no it's just by, no, it's just by my friends. I I'm <laughs> totally fine with it sounding exactly like it sounds. Like that's it's not you know it's it's shit. They're, they're well, just like safety measures. If he had said yes, there's no way I would have known. There Oof, there yeah. would be no because he had the car and I was working. And that, that like, was... I think you have moments where you're like, holy shit, like, it's not what it was. It hasn't gone away, but things are changing and things are getting better. And that was a huge, like, just success as far as like watching him and his sobriety and how that's mm-hmm. how he's grown in it. That was just like it... a fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least for me, I was 
I said no mostly because I was worried about like I would absolutely take an ass load of them and no one would have any idea and Mm -hmm. for me I didn't it was like weed is enough at this point so I don't Mm -hmm. really it wasn't that hard I feel like I'm sitting here like harping up myself like I did such a great thing I didn't that is that is that's impressive i mean that that's literally like when when you told me when you were setting the scene that's literally like a satan setup it's like you're alone you got a doctor that's like i'll straight give you your drug of choice no problem <laughs> buddy you got insurance this is free you need it like that's literally like i've seen people die from that you know what i mean yeah. I mean, mainly my thought was mostly just that I like I can just smoke weed and it's yeah. not going to ruin my life or run out in three days. You know, I'm not, and so it was it wasn't that as hard of a decision as it sounds. But yeah. uh, I think the weed just kind of makes it a little bit easier to, to just be like, I don't need that, you know, because I can go buy a, a cherry can of soda and get high <laughs> all day. <laughs> so. What about the spiritual aspect? So how, if at all, and I imagine it it has in some way, do you feel like it's uh, affected or influenced like your relationship with God? Me? Yeah, go ahead. We'll go both. You go first. Um... Since you moved here, I feel, well, I'm in, like, a, a place of, like, like just big changes and, like, deconstructing. I try to stay away from that word, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> we should make so, up a new word for it. Uh, let's we, just call it rethinking. One. I'm rethinking. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was unlearning and rethinking, um, and I feel like it, like, when I approach prayer and talking to God, like I'm in a season where I'm trying not to ask God for things and just talking to him. And I think with the inner calm that comes with smoking weed, it's easier to just like take a breath, close your eyes, like talk to my higher power. And it's more of like a connection. And that's also partially because my view on God and prayer is changing. Um, But I think it kind of, gives me a platform of like just kind of toning it down a notch the anxiety the inner voice you know the inner mental voices of all the things there are to do just kind of calming it down and offering a more peaceful like place to connect if that makes sense yeah no totally i'd i'd say it kind of uh it doesn't really do much for me spiritually in any way really i don't really associate it with that much but it does um, like, uh, help me get in like a meditative state easier. So like in the mornings, I'll you know, I'll hit a couple dabs and then I'll go get in the shower and kind of try and like meditate. I've been trying to meditate in the shower and it's, i still haven't made it past like 12 seconds of, <laughs> of nothing. So I'm trying to get there, but it does help me like calm down and just like be able to focus on my breathing like they tell you to do mm-hmm. rather than focusing on my breathing and working and food and everything else on my brain at the time. Totally. But it at least as far as like my Christianity or spirituality, I, like I don't I don't think that it does anything really. Uh, to be honest with you, the only drug I've ever felt like did anything for me like spiritually was meth like that was the only thing where like when i did it i felt like i understood like what was you know what was in the bible and what i was hearing or whatever you know but it uh, that's i don't i don't get that way on like any other drug basically and so but weed is just like i said i guess it helps me kind of get in a meditative state a little bit easier what are you gonna? What are your thoughts on mushrooms now that they're legal there? So to be honest with you, I don't have like it's tough because like hallucinogens I view as like a different thing, mm-hmm. kind of. I never, I never like got to a point where I abused them at all. Really, like I've always done them in the same manner like prepped for it for weeks in advance mentally and every like i 
go into it as kind of like a hippie more you know, mm-hmm. i guess um and so i uh i think it's awesome that it was decriminalized for sure uh i think that's great but i don't you know i don't plan on doing mushrooms anytime soon they kind of i don't like mushrooms because i get stuck in my head ah, but yeah <laughs> that well and that's fun that's that's literally why like I can't remember the last time I had a pleasurable weed experience. Well, I know I can. It was like in the, it was like a rarity though. Usually it was just not good. Just what do you mean? I don't know. Every time, every time I smoked weed, I would just get hyper. I was really almost beginning to wonder if I had like an allergy, like straight up, like, cause my, my, I would get really hyper focused on my skin and it would feel itchy and crawly. Um, feeling like there was like uh like you know that feeling when spider webs drape on you and like something's touching you but you can't yeah dude that nasty feeling and i would just get (laughs) yeah yeah it was no good it was just full of anxiety so it just never really agreed with me in the (sighs) past so after i got um no i guess not always it was like the last year and a half um, and that was like after all my PTSD and like all this traumatic shit had happened. And, um, yeah, so that probably had a large part to do with it. I was just in an awful anxious headspace already. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. Least, yeah. Yeah. At least it's like, it hasn't been really super tempting for me. Um, Probably hallucinogens will be the most tempting, but even still, it's like, I don't ever know if I would like to think that like, oh, I'm trying to like, you know, I've never tripped at this when I was like this deep in my belief in, in Christianity and like, what could I learn or whatever? But it's like, I'm not even convinced that it really does that. And if it did, I'm pretty sure it's done what it's going to do. I don't really know anything else I'm going to glean from it. And worst case scenario, I could like find out some shit that I don't want to find out. You know what I mean? And it's like can't put that genie back in the bottle. And so it's like I guess I'll just I'll just I'll leave that leave that one laying alone. Yeah, I think that's kind of where Maris is at with the whole psychedelics thing. We're just I don't know. You can speak to it, babe. But I, I for me at least, I would absolutely love to, you know. It drop some acid. I would. I wouldn't want to do shrooms, but I'd love to drop some acid or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't. I don't guess that I. I yeah, ha- I don't. I, sorry, I. I think I'm with you on the. I don't think that it really does much, like spiritually. Like actually, I think that it's like a drug, and it's like these people are tripping out and seeing crazy things. I do think that at least for myself, it helps be more introspective and kind mm-hmm. of look at things differently. And so that's kind of what I got out of it. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know that there's a lot, like at least right now I don't need to, <laughs> there's nothing I need to get out. <laughs> right. What about you, Maris? I just, I don't know if I'm in a place, maybe more so now I am, but I don't think I've been in a headspace where it would add to my life. Mm-hmm. Like, my experience on like hallucinogens is far different than Brandon's. Um, I don't know if it's like just our bodies or I have not ever experimented with drugs. So I've got a pretty like pure brain as far as it's processing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, But for me, it just, I have a great respect for it. I think it can, good things can come from it. I don't think it's the, the key, but for myself right now, um, especially since my car accident, I don't see it. Like it just doesn't seem like it would add anything. And I feel like I need to work through some things in like my conscious, like present mind, like sober because those things come out when you trip and I don't want to deal with them tripping. I need to deal with them like in my present self. So Sure. I think eventually I heard once that Terrence McKenna, who I don't know, I'm sure you know who he mm-hmm. is, right? He took a break from um, like all like psychedelics for like eight years or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's okay to take a break. I think that eventually 
I probably will again. I also, we saw our friend have an ayahuasca trip in our car. And I think I'm a little scarred from that. Oh, <laughs> my God. So, Why were they in your car? That. Um, without giving, t- I, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this. I'm not going to say his name. Um, he had just gone to Peru and where he had an ayahuasca experience for like three days. They told him not to do anything like smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, nothing. And, um, we were at a show and he had a beer or whatever. And then in our car, something, I think his psyche was very fragile and I think whatever those chemicals were, were still present and fresh. And he just switched and he just kind of rolled his eyes and turned and like was kind of groaning. And then he just oh, started flailing and st- like they tried to sedate him four times. Four crap. shots, bro. He had six people. This dude is smaller than me. This guy is fucking he literally when she says flailing around like he had his he was on his back on the back seat with his both his feet up on the ceiling like pushing the ceiling of the car and like going absolutely nuts it was the day after he came back from he went to it was a three-day-long ayahuasca ceremony and so three three nights in a row Mm -hmm. they you know did did the whole thing and then shaman the whole nine Came home, went to sleep, woke up the next afternoon and came to a show with us and decided to drink a beer and smoke a cigarette. And he went absolutely ham. And we talked to him afterwards and he said that he absolutely went into like a full blown trip. And he said he was like falling through time and space. He said like he saw the end of creativity and like just like the most wild shit, bro. Is he, he okay was, now? Oh yeah, he's hundred percent. He's one of the smart. He's one of the coolest, smartest people I know. He just should not like. He had yeah. never done acid or shrooms. Barely smoked weed, uh, and he just like he went out there. He's just he balls to like, the wall. Yeah, he's yeah. like that. He's he's cool, but he's like that. He that definitely terrifies me. Like doing it in like a shamanistic environment, like to me feels extremely demonic for some reason it just really does it's like you're literally like putting i don't know like well it makes you sick and they say like this is you cleansing and you know i think i i grew up like and i don't know if you did i think brandon did like spiritual warfare is very real it's very present don't watch demonic don't watch anything with demons on tv and so that's deeply ingrained. And so I, I don't know if that's like a valid fear, but I feel the same way. It's like this just could open doors that I don't, I can, might not be able to close. <laughs> totally. And then there's the whole thing with like, you know, and if you listen to Joe Rogan enough or like Graham Hancock, like just the whole like spiritual atmosphere of South America just seems like, yeah, not something I want to mess with. You know, it's like something I could see, like, because I have in that's. And it, it it's scary because there there for a time was a total attraction to it, just getting so far into the dark world of like spiritualism and hallucinogenic drugs, and like that was in like my research chemical days, and like you just get so far gone, you know what I mean? And like there there was like a freedom in just like. But it was like a very, yeah, it's almost like the, the, did you ever watch Angel? Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel? Did you ever watch that by any chance? Um, that sounds familiar, but I can't, oh. So, the the basic idea of being like, just like, there, there's just like that. Is that the brunette guy? Yeah. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Ruggedly handsome that and like charmed yeah 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 Yeah. it was just something about about like finally giving it like stop fighting and just give in to the the like dark side or whatever that is there's like an allure there and i i shouldn't fuck with it anymore you know what i mean yeah it it never ends well oh i agree i heard a um i don't remember whose podcast it was it was with a satanist i might have been um i don't think it was bc but there, he was talking about like the Satanist, um, like morals, 
and how he was like, you'd actually agree with a lot of them. And he read them off and I was sitting there and I was like, okay, treat others, blah, blah, blah. And I was listening. I was like, okay, I do. And I had the urge to like, look it up. I was just like, better not. Like, do I really need to know what the Satanist Bible, like what their foundation is? No. Like, And and it's like, if you believe even an iota of the Bible, like over and over, it's like, it sounds great. Like that's the whole deal. It's like, it's this shiny package. And that's, I've talked about it before that, but I really think, um, that the commercialization of Satanism and witchcraft and shit that's happening now is like not Mm -hmm. a good thing. They're just making it like cute and like teeny bopper. And like, let's, let's, let's set a teen romance in the midst of a, like, like that Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that new show is so bananas to me. It's literally like they'll be like, you know, teen romance. And the next scene, she's literally talking to fucking Lucifer. And I'm just like, what is, what is, I don't think this is good. You know, and then I was, the people, no, go ahead. I was listening to a Billie Eilish song the other day, and I actually thought of one of your episodes because I heard you talk about that. And she said, like, my Lucifer is lonely. And I was like, damn it, there it is. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's, and I, and I do, and I do, the, the teenagers I work with, it's so in vogue right now. Like, they have, I've seen so many 666 stick and pokes and pentagrams mm-hmm. and like upside down crosses. And it's like, and all that, like, black, uh, black craft cult or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, the, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. I man, think part, I... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Part of Y'all me, are so like, cute. <laughs> part of me, as I'm like rethinking my faith, and part of me doesn't want to believe in that world anymore. Sure. I don't want to, like, I spent a long time really afraid of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm free from it. But then it's like, but it's still there. So yeah. I have a hard time, like, reconciling, like, this seems the logical part of my brain doesn't like this, but it is there and I have to accept it. But it's like, I don't know how to find the balance in my life because I don't want to like buy into that. And I don't want to buy into that fear that comes with it. Right. There's definitely, yeah, I'm, there's definitely no fear. It's, it's, it's like, I, I feel like it's just a genius move to make something incredibly evil seem incredibly docile and like no big Mm -hmm. deal and it's Mm -hmm. like i think it is a big deal i I still i can't shake that fact that i think i think it is and i don't think uh yeah i don't know i just i think it is i've i've personally had experiences that have convinced me that it's real Mm -hmm. just like both like before even using drugs just uh like I've had like hallucin hallucinations of like demon shit in my 